Some of you guys have some explaining to do because we all promised that we'd pray for Elena Rybakina together. But it seems like that wasn't the case. Seems like some people might have uh, forgotten to include her in their prayers. We eyed this sort of matchup for two days. Elena Rybakina, Sormo. Immediately, I think everyone understood this is not going to be fun for Rybakina. We have to pray for Rybakina. We have to wish her well. It's not easy. Well, looks like her prayers and best wishes fell short. She withdrew from the tournament. Devastating to see. She did a press conference uh, sort of at the start of the day. Or actually during sort of the allotted time slot where she actually should have been on court playing. She was uh, first up. But unfortunately for her, she wasn't able to sleep, she wasn't able to play, she was sick, had a, some sort of illness. Um, sad to see. Now that's one player down from Iga's half. Yesterday, if you remember, we eyed three people who could sort of challenge Iga in this, in this top half of the draw and really give her a run for her money. Uh, we identified those three players. They were uh, Rybakina, Andrisku, and Drivo. They all lost today. Well, Rybakina didn't lose, but they... They're all out of the picture, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. And let's not forget, Krijikova also... Left. So, like, every single player for Iga Svantec and I, and I know you can say well how's that her fault it's not her it's not her fault uh they lost you know what I mean if, uh, if there's such a problem for Iga like why the fuck did they okay I'm relax just let me let me finish what I'm saying first okay, it's not her fault I'm not saying it's her fault I'm just saying we have to address we have to really face look at it in the eye and face the fucking truth Iga's very fortunate. We, I think we can say that. I think it's fine if we say that, even if you love Iga or, or whatever. I think it's very reasonable. Any reasonable person would say yes. Iga Svantec is very fortunate here. There's nothing wrong with saying that. She, we can even maybe take that one step further and say, yes, Iga Svantec is very lucky that she does not have to face Krijikova, Andrisku, Rybakina. Etc. Instead, she faces. By the way, she beat Xin Yu Wang today. Six love, six love. I must say, as expected. Under 16 and a half games seems like an insane bet. But that line was actually hilarious in hindsight, looking back at it. Iga Svantec now, these are her first four matches of a slam. Christina Buxo, Claire Liu, Xinyu Wang, and Lesia Tsurenko. Now, we know about the Julia Grabher, the Peyton Stearns, the, dare I say it, the Mira and Driva. What does that mean? What's the Julia Grabher? What's the Peyton Stearns? What's the Mira and Driva? What, what that is, in essence, is that a player who's not really exceptional but a player that 
makes an insane run, plays extremely well, plays exceptionally well, even though they're they're you know they're not a top player, they're not highly ranked, they're they're a bit of a no name, a nobody, a dark horse, uh, whatever, an outsider, whatever you want to call it. They're not a contender, but they play like one, and they play amazing, and they take bodies, and they take heads, and they win matches, and they progress, they progress further. And in order to do all that, obviously you have to play exceptional. You have to be playing some exceptional tennis uh, here at Roland Garros to sort of achieve these results and make it this far. Now, what's the Julia Grabber or the Peyton Stearns or the Mira Andriva? Is that you do all that, you play that well, you get this far, and once you face a certain someone, for example, Coco Goff, uh, Cassid Kina, that's the Peyton Stearns, Mira Andriva and Grabber both did it against Coco Goff, Peyton Stearns, did it against Kasset Kina. And all those players, Kas uh, sorry, uh, Peyton Stearns, Julia Grabber, and Mira Andrivo, to get to those matches, they played exceptionally well. They played amazing. They looked, dare I say it, they looked for real. Maybe they weren't contenders per se, but they were playing like one. Right? But all those players, as soon as they faced... And, and this shit just drives me mad. This just drives Because it makes no sense. And like, why? Why them? Like, let's say at Serenko, you just beat Krejcikova in the first round. You made Lauren Davis retire. You beat Andriscu. You did all that. And I know once it comes to Iga Sviantek, you're you're going to play so bad. You're going to put in the stinker. You're not even going to play anywhere close to the level that you were playing at. Why? Why do the best things happen to the worst people? Igor Sviantek, I'm looking at you. Coco Goff, you as well. Mira Andriva was a set up. 7-6 in an hour plus. Coco Goff served for the set. Lost the tiebreak. You know that's a 7-6-6-2 cooking. Coco Goff had a chance to serve for the set, was 30 love up, 5-4, 30 love up, with the balls in her hand. She got broke, went to a tiebreak, lost the tiebreak, in an hour plus. And then she came back in 1-6-1-6-1? Come on. Come on. That's the sort of the theme for this week, I think. The the worst things happen to the best people. For example, me, Rabakana. That's just proof. That's just proof. Rabakana got sick overnight. Or I guess it's been going on for two days, she said. From the day before as well. And she just hasn't been feeling well. Coughing. Not able to sleep. Etc. This is what I mean when I say the... Worst things happen to the best people, and for me, I've been losing a lot of bets lately. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. And a lot of them have been from a setup. And honestly, it makes me sick because I never win from a set down, not ever. Kayla day today, nope. Andrescu, nope. Peyton Stearns yesterday, God no, fuck no. But Mira Andrivo, 
a set up seven six six two theory in play nope alexandrovo seven five up nope blinkova yesterday nope towson potapova nope lost a lot of matches from a set up but didn't win a single one from a set down the worst things happen to the best people eleanor bakina got sick yesterday and the best things happen to the worst people. All of Coco Goff's opponents suddenly play like garbage and throw up all over themselves and then roll over and die. And Igor Fiontek's opponent, exactly the same. I mean, for a player that beat Krijikova 6-2-6-4, for a player that beat Andriescu 6-1-6-1, just look at how Tsurenko does against Igor Fiontek. You'll see. I'll be very surprised if Tsarenko wins more than two games. I'm calling I'm calling it 6-2-6 love or 6-love-6-2. Six six she wins two games max in one set and the other one's a bagel. Is what I, that's my prediction. That's what I'm saying. Now that's not tomorrow. That's the day after. That's on the Monday. The top half of the draw, the fourth round. Other results from today before we get distracted. I feel like we've touched upon almost everything. Coco Goff beat Andriva from a set down. Unbelievable. Coco Goff still playing really bad. Andriva, I must say, it's not that she let it get away, but she completely lost focus. And that was very, very clear. She sort of lost the mental focus and, and physically she just could, could not get after it anymore. And neither could she mentally. And I think when both of those sort of go, or when both of those are sort of not where you need it to be, um, it's going to be tough to, to win a tennis match, even if you're a setup. Alexandrova 7-5-4-6-5-7. She lost to Bia Haddadjmail. That, for me, uh, makes me sick. But it is what it is. Be a through to a slam second week for the first time ever. Shiontek six love six love in fifty minutes. That's cool. Elisabetta Cosiretto is out, which is great news. But the bad news is Bernardo Perez through to the second week. Six four seven six she won. Schmidlovo been around for a while. Had some insane results at the French Open. But in her entire career, she had never made the second week of a slam. This is a first. She beat Kayla Day, that little fairy tale uh, Cinderella or princess story, whatever you want to call it, for Kayla Day is over as a qualifier. Tsarenko beat Andriescu 6-1-6-1. Danilovic, Jabor. Danilovic took the first set 6-4. Lost the second set 6-4 and then 6-2. Ons Jabor is through. Ons Jabor kind of needed this win. And she's she's been very fortunate so far. Her first three matches all against really bad opponents. But the good news is for Ons, but not for anyone else, is that today she played against a bad player that was that's perceived as a good player. And to come from a set down against a quote-unquote good player... We'll do wonders for your confidence if you're a rat like Unstabur.
even though in, 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 in reality, Olga Danilovic is a bad player, and it's actually kind of embarrassing, you went down a set to begin with, and let's be honest. So that is it for the first week of the French Open. We are now through three rounds. Starting tomorrow, the Saturday, the Sunday, sorry. We have the fourth round, the second week of the French. Okay. Now here's what the draw is saying. Fourth round, that means we have how many players left? 16 players left, I think. And here are the 16 players. Sviantek Tsurenko. Winner faces in the quarterfinals, Shmidlova or Coco Goff. So Iga's path... Buxo, Claire Liu, Xin Yuang, Tsurenko, Coco Goff, or Shmidlova, and she's in the semi-final. That's incredible. That don't tell me don't tell me that's not fortunate. That's not her fault. I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm just saying you have to say that's lucky. It's not her, it's nobody's fault. If it's anybody's fault, it's gone. You know, you can take it up with them. But, that, but this isn't to point fingers and, 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 and say whose fault is this and point the blame. No, it's not about that. We're just here to address that this is very... She's very fortunate. Because in every tournament she's played this year, she ran into a Rybakina or a Krijikova or a Sabalenko. And then they just, they just did the damn thing against her. And so far, she's dodged all those bullets. And here's the thing. If she gets to the final, and she hasn't faced any of them, which will be the case, because every player she faces up until the final are either no-names and scrubs like Buxa, Liu, Xin Yu Wang, etc., or part of her babysitter's club, which are her bitches or her, her, her dogs. Coco Goff in the quarterfinal, and Ons Jabor in the semifinal. Everyone else is baby food. And Coco Goff and Ons Jabor, those are her dogs. They are part of the babysitter's club, where they babysit dogs. Now here's the problem. In a tournament this big, by the time you get to the final and finally face, let's say, Sabalenka, one of those players. She's the disgusting type of sweaty little rat that all these little meaningless six love wins against dog shit players, Shin Yu Wang, Christina Buxa, Claire Liu, Coco fucking Goff. All that, it's a snowball effect. Iga, I must give her credit, she is so good at sort of building momentum. A win will lead to another win. That's how she won 35 or 36, 7, 8, or 32 matches in a row last year. She's so good at what they call the snowball effect. One win will lead to another, and that win will lead to another, etc. By the time she makes the final, having faced a bunch of fucking dog shit, that snowball, that's the size of that snowball will be fucking huge. It'll, it's an avalanche. Huh? That's what I'm saying. That's that's how fortunate she is.
I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just being unreasonable, idiotic, insane, hypocritical, or whatever. But this is truly how I see it. And even if you don't agree, I just would like you to think about it as well, or at least address it. Or at least at the... At at the very least, try to think or understand what I'm trying to say. And then you can decide whether I'm full of shit or not. And whatever you decide, whether you agree or disagree. And then after this entire exercise, you think about it yourself. You give it a think yourself. Think about Iga's draw. Her sort of progression through the tournament. Who she's had to face. Who she didn't face. How everyone just disappears from the draw. And the players that beat them, well, once they play against her, they'll they'll play like dog shit, right? Like, let's say Coco Goff is having an amazing week. Why, when she plays against Iga, she'll all of a sudden start playing like like baby food, right? Why? It's just funny how that goes. It's a bit of a head scratcher, but that's the top half of the draw. Just to repeat, super fast, fourth round. Sviontek Tsarenko, winner faces Shmidlova Coco Goff. In the second quarter, Saros Ribas Dormo, winner will face Bernardo Pera or Unstubor in the quarterfinal. So, it looks like the quarterfinals from the top half will be Sviontek Coco Goff for a place in the semis. And let's say Beatrice Hadajmaya versus Unstubor. That's a I'd say a good quarterfinal. Winner of that will probably face Iga or Coco Goff in the semis. Now to jump to the bottom half of the draw, and these four matches will be taking place tomorrow. Uh, we were we talked about these yesterday for a little bit. We have Mukova of Anisian. Winner in the quarters will face Pavlichenkova or Elise Mertens. In the bottom quarter, Sabalenka's quarter, Svitolina Kasatkina, winner faces Sloan, Sabalenka. I'd say these are all pretty good matches. Uh, Sloan Stevens is the first women's night match, which is tomorrow night. Which is a banger, by the way. We'll talk about all that in a sec. Um, potential quarterfinals and semis from the bottom half. Um... So we have Mukova Avanesian, that looks like Mukova. And then Pavlyuchenkova, Elise Mertens. I'm saying Mertens. So a Mukova Mertens quarterfinal. And then the bottom half, Svitolina Sabalenko, a Kasatkina Sabalenko, maybe. Um, doesn't matter, Sabalenko wins, right? And looks like it'll be a Sabalenka Mukova semifinal. Wowie. So our possible semifinals would be Sabalenka Mukovo and the other semifinal Iga Unz. Yikes. Love how that works out for Iga, man. I love it. Okay, so tomorrow then on the Sunday, second week officially, start of the fourth round of Roland Garros. We have four matches a day for the singles, uh, for the men's singles and the women's singles. 
First up for the women's, we have Elise Mertens versus Anastasia Pavlichenkova. Now, this is a really good match. Two players who have been playing really, really well. And don't feel like I can say this. It's probably me being harsh or unreasonable or biased. But I don't feel like I can say this for a lot of the, the matchups that we'll have. But these are two players that have been playing really well and deserve to be here. Pavlichenkova with two impressive back-to-back -back wins from a set down against Samsonova and then Potapovo. First round, uh, wiped the floor with Linda Fruvitova 6-2, 6-2. Elisa Mertens, on the other hand, just absolutely demolished Jesse Pugula, the number three seed, 6-1-6-3. Before that, beat fan favorite uh, Marie Camilo Sorio-Serrano, 6-3-7-6. And in the first round, um, what's her name? Kuzmo uh, Victoria Kuzmova. Uh, 6164. At least Mertens has yet to drop a set. This is a pick'em. Both players are minus 110 to win the match. They've had two previous meetings, both of them in 2017, so six years ago. One of them in the Billie Jean King Cup, that's the one Elise Mertens won. Hardcore indoor. And the other one was on the tour in Eastbourne on the grass. Elise Mertens lost from a setup. Now, I think Elise Mertens is going to win this. She has looked so, so good. And the players that she beat did not collapse. She really got after it and gave it to them. Yeah, a lot of double faults, but overall, she's been serving well. Hasn't been broken much. And it's just getting after it. She means business. I love what I saw from Elise Mertens, so positive, and that's winning tennis. It's definitely Grand Slam tennis, but what, how Elise Mertens is playing at the moment, that is winning tennis. I can't wait for that one, that's a really good match, and the lines sort of reflect that. It is a bit of a 50-50, but I'd, I'd give a slight edge to Elise Mertens again, I'd say 60-40 Elise Mertens. Next, we have Kaya Mukova versus lucky loser Elena Avanesian, who's into the second week. We're honestly getting a lot of respect here for Mukova, in a way. Like, this should not be, uh, uh, like, her 2-0 should not be minus 120, for example, Kaya Mukova. Her, the over-under should not be 20.5. I feel like you're maybe showing uh, Avanesian a some disrespect but Avanesian other than losing to Kayla Day in the final round of qualies in the main draw beat Belinda Bencic which I think is a huge win she pretty much had a bye in the second round against Leolia Jean-Jean and in the third round um, her last match a set down from uh, sorry beat Clara Towson from a set down which I think is a pretty good win but it's not Mukula, Mukova level, and it's not even close. And I don't think this one's going to be even close, but this girl, Anna Avanesian, just keeps on sort of defying that and proving that maybe she sort of belongs. Hmm. I don't know. Very tempted to just play Mukova in straights and forget about it, but I don't know. If I do, that's a maximum two-unit play, I think. 
Svitolina Kasatkina, I remember peeping this match yesterday and the lines were a lot more in favor of Kasatkina. I think she was like minus 220 and Svitolina was like plus 170. Now that's the lines are a lot closer. Um, so the lines have moved like in the last 24 hours in favor of Svitolina. Now guns to my head, I'd say this is a 55 percent match in favor of Kassad Kino but even if it was a 50-50 I'd still be going with Kassad Kino um yeah I just I don't know no way I'm betting this or watching this you know again this is our very popular good news bad news type deal the good news is one of them's gonna go home and we won't have to talk about them for at least another two to three weeks the bad news is we'll have to see one of them for at least one more match unfortunately I think Kasatkina wins but it's gonna be ugly over is seems really low I feel like this is gonna be a a fuck fest three sets you know the works mm-hmm match of the day the night sesh rightfully so honestly this match is a banger I see there is an outrage uh, there was an outrage, rather, on Twitter, one side of tennis Twitter, saying, Oh my god, why were there no women's match? Da, 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 da. And then once this was announced as a women's match, so many people sold their tickets for the night session, expecting a men's match. Which sort of answers the people who were saying, Five days straight men's matches. You know me, nobody's a bigger fan, supporter, advocate for women's tennis than me. And and on the same token, nobody hates men's tennis and those bitches more than me. But I 100% fully understand the organizers' decision. Uh, Moresmo and whoever's in charge of sort of allocating or, or designating, you know, certain matches to certain courts or sessions, etc., I fully understand their decision and I am totally against those fucking weirdos who just say, why no women's match? Not fair. Those people, I mean, I think it's clear why, because more people want to watch men's. It's not that they, that, how do I say this? Let me, let me, let me sort of clear my thoughts. Why are you annoyed at the organizers that more like, okay, so here's a fact. More people want to watch men's tennis than women's tennis. That's a fact. Should it be that way? Absolutely not. Why are we getting mad at the organizers for making a business decision? I think in this day and age, we, we should understand that. Money, money sort of rules everything around us. Right? So, like, why are we shocked at that decision? What we should be actually annoyed about is the fact that more people want to watch men's tennis than women's tennis. More people want to watch men's than women's. That's where we should be annoyed. We shouldn't be, you know, going after the organizers or the board of the French Open, Moresmo, and whoever else. They have nothing to do with this. They are basing this decision on what the consensus is, what the public thinks and feels and what they want to see. So what we should be doing is maybe influencing that public, which isn't going to be possible. It's a huge ask. But that's where it starts. A lot of people in their minds, men's tennis is everything, women's tennis is baby food. They couldn't be more wrong, but that's just how it is. 
And even though Sabalenko Stevens is a banger of a match, more people will probably want to watch a men's match and instead just sell that ticket and watch all the men's matches earlier. I think that's not crazy for me to say. More people need to understand that. The real problem is, is not with the organizers. It's that a lot of people are sexist and misogynistic and just look down on women's tennis. That's the essence of it. Anyway. Uh, got a little sidetracked there. Sloane Stevens, Arena Sabalenka. Like I said, the night session tomorrow, the first women's night session of the tournament took all the way until the second week but here we are banger of a match sloan stevens sabalenko three meetings all for sabalenko every single one of them were three sets the one that i keep referencing was the montreal one that's the one in canada that i kept referencing that match was a banger they went to war sabalenko seven six four six six four in montreal outdoor heart two years ago last year they played in the i don't know what the fuck i think the san diego one also sabalenka in three sets i think that's the one where vekic made the final loss to ego vekic actually beat sabalenka that tournament but sabalenka won from a set down she was one six down and then came back six three six two and their very first meeting, also uh, went to, in Sabalenka's favor, also went to three sets, was in the Billie Jean King Cup six years ago, indoor hard, 6-3-3-6-6-4, Sabalenka. Now, I think we're seeing a trend here, and like I've been saying all week, even though I hate her, can't stand her, Sloane Stevens is playing her best tennis. This is where she best she plays her best tennis. This is her best surface, her best tournament these stadiums or courts or surface or conditions or whatever this is from what i've seen she's played her best tennis every year in the last three years over 19 and a half is what i'm saying even if it doesn't go three like their previous three meetings i think in two sets they should each do enough for this to hit hopefully fingers crossed now that is all for tomorrow you know this has been the safe space. These uh, episodes are getting shorter and shorter. But I think for a lot of people that's more convenient. Don't nobody want to hear me talk for almost two hours, right? Well, suck it. Because in a month's time when we go to Wimbledon, you know I'll be back doing my two-hour episodes in the early rounds. You know I'll be doing it. This has been the safe space. Thank you so much for all your constant support. For all of your kind words. I really appreciate it. As always, I hope tomorrow is better than today. Not just for me, but for all of us. Best of luck to us all, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.